Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Obsidian Achievement. This is your host, Mike Russin. Today is a checkup from the neck up. What type of thoughts are you thinking? What type of thoughts are you thinking? It's always a good time to do, or it's always a good thing to do an internal audit and just check in your brain what's going on in there. Taking an inventory of the quality of the thoughts that you are thinking. See, if you're already thinking about what you are thinking about, you're ahead of 90% of the population easily. Most of these NPCs walking around, bouncing into the walls, uh, don't ever think. It's called metacognition. Metacognition is about as a foreign concept as could be to the normal person. It seems absurd to the normal person to think about what one is thinking about. It seems it's absurdity. Just like the fool says in his heart, there is no God. Somebody who's unregenerate cannot understand God. They think it's silly. They call him Sky Daddy. You know that. You, you notice how atheists always call it Sky Daddy because there's no ration or there's no there's no rational thought. There's no logical progression of thoughts in their brain, so they just got to resort to insults, much like the left liberals when it comes to issues like abortion, and it just it turns into screaming and insults because at the end of the day you are made in the image of God and when you live in rebellion against God you feel it <laughs> you feel it deep down I've never met a happy fulfilled atheist ever I've also never met a happy and fulfilled liberal but anyways that's not what we're talking about we're talking about thinking about what you're thinking about metacognition most people never engage in this because they couldn't, again, number one, they believe it's absurdity, or number two, they just couldn't imagine. The thought would never occur to them to think about thoughts. Why is thinking about your thoughts so important? It's so incredibly important because your thoughts are going to ultimately shape your behavior. Your behavior shapes your habits, what you do daily, and your habits shape your character, outcome, lifestyle, everything. Everything in life boils down to your habits. If you have good spiritual habits, you're going to have a good spiritual life. If you have good physical habits, you're going to have a good you're going to have a, a good body. If you have good mental habits, you're going to have a sound mind. If you have good financial habits, you're going to have good finances. But we've talked about habits many, many times, and I want to go back even further to what ultimately shapes these habits. And what ultimately shapes these habits is our thoughts. It's our thoughts. You need to be aware of what you're thinking about because the culmination of thoughts, uh, good or bad, can be a dangerous or very positive thing. Thoughts have a tendency to cause chain reactions. Thoughts have a tendency to cause chain reactions. And when we don't think about what we're thinking about, we have a bunch of things happen to us. Here's Many people in life go through life having no idea why certain things happen to them. <laughs> why they keep getting certain outcomes in their life. And it boils down to they're not controlling the controlling factor, which is what you're thinking about. Isn't that so funny? 
People have no idea why they get the results they do in life. They have no idea. They're just a ship tossed on the waves. Well, oh, I guess I'm going over here. Well, I guess not understanding that the rudder is their thinking process. And that if you could learn to control your thinking process, because here's an example of the chain reaction. If I'm trying to abstain from drinking alcohol, all the obvious things come to mind about staying away, not having it in the house, not going to blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing. Falling off that or trying to stay on a diet all starts with thoughts. Because the thought to maybe go out and have a slice of pizza because you earned it because you've been good for 10, 10 days straight and you've worked out every single day, that starts as a thought and then leads to a behavior. With the alcohol, what are you turning? What are you doing? Okay. With the alcohol, you know, you could rationalize, well, I've been sober for 20 days and there's a wedding coming up and it's it's my brother's and, you know, I, I want to celebrate, but it all, all of the behavior starts with a thought. Every bit of behavior in our life starts with a thought. And that behavior ultimately does us or undoes us, right? So going back to what starts and causes that behavior, we have to go back and examine our thinking. It all starts with a little tiny thought. And then it grows and metastasizes into either something good or cancer. Your thoughts rule your life. And if you're not aware of what you're thinking, you don't know why things are happening in your life the way that they're happening. So you need to spend time thinking about what you're thinking about. For a long time, what I did until it just became automatic is I would wear a black wristband, just a little rubber wristband. I can't even remember what it said. It had some saying on it like, uh, I think it was like a Jocko Willing saying or something like that. And what I would do is that every time I noticed that wristband on my wrist, I would consciously sit and think like, okay, what have I been thinking about the last as far back as I can remember, whether that's 10 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour today, right? So I would sit there and think about what I've been thinking about, try to do my best to recollect my thoughts and sort them. And now it's just automatic for me. I don't need the wristband anymore. I've been doing it for many, many years, probably coming up on seven to eight years now of doing this daily. And what you'll find is you can control your moods, you can control your behaviors, and you can control a lot of outcomes in your life if you start to do this because you're going to go back and learn how to control your thoughts. A lot of times, bad thinking is like a rut. And you get stuck in a rut and you just spin your tires. It takes conscious redirection, meaning digging into your thoughts and redirecting and forcing yourself to think positively to get out of that rut so you can start making forward progress again. Let me say that one more time. Bad thinking is a rut. And when you fall into bad negative thinking, your tires are just spinning. You're not going anywhere. You're not advancing. And if you're not growing, you're dying. You're dying in that rut. And that's where people live their entire lives, is in the rut. They never know. They never know. They never become aware. Like animals that never gained self-awareness. That never stop and think, oh, I exist. You know how many people go through life that don't even know that they exist? Like an animal, like a deer or a dog? 
I can't speak for the level of self-awareness that animals have, but I don't think a dog's ever stopped and been like, oh, I'm alive. (laughs) I am a being. I think a dog thinks, where's my master? Where's my master? Where's the food? Where's the squirrel? You know what I mean? And that's how many people live life. Where's the football game? Where's the beer? Where's the food? Where's the pizza? Where's the wings? Where's my next paycheck? Where's the lottery ticket? Where's the blah, blah, blah? Where's the show? What's on Netflix next? Where's my iPhone? Where's my iPhone? Where's my app? Where's my games? Wow. That's a scary, scary metaphor parallel that we just created there. Many people never become self-aware until it's too late. You know where everybody comes self-aware is on their deathbed. That's where. Everybody. Oh, I had a lot. Why do you think old people are often so miserable and depressing to be around? Why are a lot of old people so miserable and depressing to be around? Because they're at a stage where they finally reached self-awareness. And I don't mean to be crude, but they've pissed their whole life away. And now it's too late to do anything about it. Well, yeah, you could do the whole, oh, he's 80 years old. He's the first one to climb a tree in the winter. You know, it's, but that's, it's, you, you realize that the best experiences that you could have had in your life and that you maybe even had, you weren't even consciously aware of because you were too busy being an NPC. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that terrifying? Isn't that scare some of you into awareness? just go through life on autopilot wake up brush my teeth go to the gym even if you do good things go to the gym go home work uh, eat go to bed and then they just that's every single day but here's the thing that's there's nothing wrong with doing that every single day as long as you're aware of why you're doing it how you're doing it but many people just on it's like these people i see at the gym They've been going to the gym for two years and they look the same that they did two years ago and they lift the same weight that they did two years ago. They're on autopilot. They're not even aware of what they're doing. They come in, they go over the dumbbells, they do like five curls, they put the dumbbells down, then they go to another machine. And they hit seven random machines for one set of I got slightly uncomfortable and then they, you know, they go in the shower. Oh, hey, Bill, you going golfing this weekend? Oh, well, the kids got to, we, we got to bring Sally up to the school to get her back. <laughs> Man, it makes me suicidal. <laughs> I can't listen to it. It would be, it would be suicide. would make me suicidal if I was in that life, but I'm not. Thank God. Thank God. I don't know. I feel like I've always been like more self-aware than I think most people are. I don't know how that started. I can't. You just remember as a kid, I played a lot about. Uh, I played a lot by myself. I mean, don't get me wrong. I played with friends and stuff like that too. But I also spent a lot of time by myself as a kid. And I think that the combination of that and reading obsessively. I used to read like a freak of, and I still do, like a freak of nature. I used to read. I, I would. I was a very quick worker. I never brought homework home. I can ask my parents, call my parents right now and ask my mom if she ever saw me at any point in my scholastic career bring homework home. I was just very efficient. We've got study hall. That's two hours that the state's having me sit there and waste my life. So I might as well bang the homework. And so I just read. I read constantly. I read incessantly. Remember that? Oh, you're going to go sit in a room for two hours. 
because, uh, well, we don't have anything. You know what I mean? It's, it's public education is such a joke. It's such a joke. If you're listening to me right now and you still got your kids in public school, you need to really examine your life. I'm, I'm dead serious. I don't care if I offend you to the point where you stop listening to me. If you have your kids enrolled in going to a public school, you need to re-examine your life. There is no excuse or reason at this point now with everything that we know about public education that you would put your kids in a public school. Well, both of us work. Figure it out. Especially if you're a man. Well, a wife has to work. Figure out a way to make your wife not work. How about that? How about you sack up and be a man? How about you find a way to make it happen so that your wife doesn't have to go get bossed around by some other dude all day? Does that not irk you? Does that not bother you? How, do, how are you a man and your wife's out there getting bossed around by some other dude? Over my dead body. Somebody were to like reprimand my wife, I think I'd cave their chest in. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, public school's a joke. Get your kids out of public school. Don't be an idiot. Figure out a way to make it happen. We can't have kids in public school anymore. I don't even remember. Oh, self-awareness. <laughs> And if you're younger and you don't have kids yet, or maybe you've got an infant, you've got to find a way right now, men, to figure out how to make sure that your wife, if you've got to go to work, that's fine. I'm not hating on people that get up and go to a job. What I am hating on is dual income households where the state raises your kid. That's a problem. That's a major issue. That's a major issue. And you got to find a way to make it happen, bro. Okay, if you don't have kids yet, you've got how old do they? What well, you got five years, assuming you have a kid tomorrow. If your kid's a baby like mine, you got five years to figure it out. If you can't figure out how to make an income stream to generate, I don't know, replace your wife's income of fifty thousand a year in five years, you might as well just give up now, champ, because it's not looking too good for you. <laughs> figure it out. There's so many different ways to make money everywhere. They're everywhere. Money is everywhere. Money is pouring out into the streets. It's running as plentifully as the water supply. It's ridiculous how much money there is everywhere and how willing everybody is to part with it. Most people are very willing to just part ways with their money. (laughs) Very willing. And all you have to do is be slightly convincing. That's it. You don't even have to be a good salesperson. You just need to be slightly convincing. And if you talk, if you're slightly convincing with 10 people, five of them, worst case, three of them will spend money with you. But the problem is most of you are too weak and soft-minded to take five no's to get five yeses or seven no's to get three yeses. It's so simple. Money is everywhere. Money is literally everywhere. So you got to go find a way to make it so that your kid's not being raised by the state. I would I would sooner sell everything we own and build a one-story, one-bedroom, one-bathroom cottage in the middle of the woods and live off of $500 a month that I would ever, ever make my wife go to work or put my kids in public school. 
I would live in the woods with the swamp rats before that ever happened. And most of you, well, that's crazy. Your girl's going to have, my kid's going to have a better life than yours. Are they? Are they? Your kid's going to be chewing on Adderall by the time they're eight years old. My kid's going to learn how to skin a bear <laughs> and ride a horse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Who's going to be better off? Mine's going to be barefoot, frolicking in the woods at 10 a.m. Yours is going to be sitting under some fluorescent lights, drinking fluorinated gay tap water out of a state-issued water bottle that has to be clear so the kids can't sneak drugs and alcohol and weapons into the school. <laughs> Who's going to be better off? What were, what were you saying about better off there, champ? You just brainwashed. I got to wake you up. I'm being hard on you today so that you will wake up. First, we talked about your thoughts. Now I want to challenge how you think about everything. You should be anything that the government endorses at this point should raise an immediate red flag for you. Because the government doesn't endorse anything that does not allow it to further expand its kingdom of control or make more money off of you. Did you hear what I just said to you? The government does not endorse anything unless it's an opportunity to expand its kingdom of control or make money off of you. I think I talked about this before. They're introducing this bill uh, for homeschoolers in Maine where they basically give you a savings account that the state would put money in for field trips and all this and people are like, oh, that's so great. The state's going to give us money for field trips. <laughs> uh, what do you think they're going to start to do? They're going to give you the money at first. You're going to get used to it. And then they're going to st- watch this happen. Come back to this episode in five years. This is what's going to happen in Maine and other states that are doing this. So the state's going to open up an account for you and your kid. They're going to put money into that account. It's like a, it's like almost like a tax return and just like a, a grant call it. And you're going to be able to use that money to take your kids and other homeschool kids on field trips and buy books and educational materials and blah, 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 right? So you don't have to come out of pocket for it. It's a really neat initiative. The state loves their homeschoolers. <laughs> oh, God. So what they're going to do is you're going to get you used to the money been in this account now for two, three years. You probably didn't even use it all for what you should have been using it on, but they don't care. Yeah, I'm sure most of it. So anyways, you get used to this money. And then what do they do? Well, if you want to get your check next month, Sally, you need to start teaching critical race theory. We need to see uh, materials. We need to see evidence. We need to, your your kid needs to start taking a test quarterly on this material. Oh, your, your kid, you need to start teaching your kids about homosexual butt sex Um, and if you don't we're taking the the money from you that's what's going to start happening because the state wants to expand their control over every area of your life and the state can't sleep unless they have some fat white lady talking to your kid about sex with dudes on dudes they just can't these fat Disgusting white women cannot help themselves. They've got to teach your kids about sex. They gotta teach them sex and oppression. <laughs> white men are bad. 
but they're good if they're banging each other, okay? Here's a slideshow about anal sex. This is what they're doing. You think I'm a tinfoil hat right now? How many examples do you people need to see before you start listening to me? How many... How many times have I been right in predicting the future on this podcast? How many times, if you've been a listener long enough, you know that I've called, I've called it many times, many times, because it's not hard to pick up on the context clues. I see one more rainbow flag. Somebody's getting beat to death in the streets. <laughs> it's everywhere, but dude, it's crazy. Uh, and here's another thing. I think Pride Month is about to be, I think they're about to get rid of it. <laughs> I would not be surprised if you see Pride Month die out in the next four to five years. Because all of these people that were in the center, many of them. So you had hardcore anti-LGT, blah, blah, blah. And then you had very hardcore pro-LGT, blah, 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 right? And then in the middle, you just had normal people, okay? Believe it or not, I used to be, which, you know, I wasn't a very good Christian at the time, but I used to be one of these normal people. Went to a liberal arts school. I'm like, hey, if you're gay, I had gay friends. I'm like, cool. You know, there was a gay kid on the rugby team. Awesome. Great. Love you, man. Oh, that's a funny story. I don't want to hear that again, but (laughs) like I had no problem with it whatsoever. None, none at all. I was even pro-gay marriage at one point. I'm like, yeah, if they want to get married, let them get Again, this was before I was a very good Christian. Well, now I went very far the other direction. But most normal, so don't use me as an example. Most normal people that were in the center are now completely going there. If they're not all the way over, they've got at least two feet just over the more anti LGT blah, blah, blah line. Why? Because this garbage is being shoved down everybody's throat incessantly. Every movie, every Netflix show, every, I can't walk past the damn TV without seeing two people of the same sex making out with each other. It's ridiculous. It's less than 2% of the population. Is gay this, rainbow flag this, acceptance this, tolerance this, love is love. Bullshit. 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 First it started with, let us get married. And then it was, you have to bake our cake or you'll get sued and possibly even criminally charged. Then it was, okay, now we need to start teaching it in schools. Then it was, now we need to have a whole month for it. Then it was, hey, I'm going to have... Uh, look at these videos. I'll, I'll send them to you. If you don't believe me that these are out there, there's this dude in the back of a pickup truck, BDSM style, strapped up to one of those BDSM cross. It's like an X where you can tie, spread your arms and legs apart. And he's tied to this thing. And there's this, and he's bare, I, he's got no clothes on. Like literally, I think there's a little piece of leather covering his penis and balls. And there's a guy behind him whipping him in his bare butt. With a, with a leather, you know, whatever, in cat and nine tails. In front of children. Children! And now, you know who's jumping on the whole LGT blah, blah, blah? The maps. The minor attractive persons. The pedophiles that should be fed feet first into a wood chipper. Do you see how depravity doesn't stop 
it evolves and it gets worse and worse and worse. And now we're in this situation where they want to chemically castrate little boys and girls. We live in an age where there are more people than probably not that are pro-abortion, pro pro-kill the unborn, which is crazy. That's so insane. That's so crazy. It's so insane. So many people are pro-sodomy and just all this other, just crazy. This gender-bender dysphoria, it's just... It's a celebration of ugliness and depravity. We are in such a dark, dark time. Like, we are probably as bad. We're probably worse than Sodom and Gomorrah. So if Sodom and Gomorrah got completely wiped off the face of the earth, (laughs) I'm interested to see what's going to happen to us. Because it's going to be worse. It's going to be worse. If I forgot my AirPods, oh, thank God. All right. I've done enough yelling today. I had to get this off my chest. (laughs) We started off with some real positive material. We ended up where we're at right now. Just, and here's the thing. I just want to be very clear. If you would have left the kids out of it, I wouldn't feel as passionately. I really wouldn't. But you couldn't keep your hands, your grubby, greasy, gross hands off the kids. You just had to start going after the kids. You had to start getting this nastiness in schools and children's books. You had to start taking your penises out at pride parades in front of little kids, waving dildos around. You brought the kids into it and that's where I draw the line. That's where I get violent. If I were to see some grown man waving a dildo around in front of a little kid, I would take that dildo and put it right through his eye socket, through his brain stem. There's zero, there, some, you know what, it, 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 it's got to take more men, like the ones that listen to me, to start, to, I'm not saying don't go out and hurt people, that's not what I'm saying, but you've got to be willing to if it gets, if it boils down to it, if you see somebody acting sexually in front of a child and your first instinct isn't to beat that person within an inch of their life, I question you, this whole feminism, HR bullshit, This whole there's no excuse ever for violence. Yes, there is. I can think of plenty of reasons to be violent. And all of you are so anti-violence until you want violence in your favor. All so anti-violence until it comes time to be violent against a group that you don't like, right? (laughs) And then it's violence by proxy. You got to call the police or the military or some other government agency you're completely unable to execute any level of violence yourself because you're a weak, pathetic individual. Anyways. All right. Hey, I love you guys. (laughs) Let's have a great day. I'll see you out there.